and we'll get started. Father, we are glad to be in your house tonight, and Lord, I'm thankful uh, for the music that we've enjoyed. That was a challenge that we just heard in song, Can the World See You in Us? And uh, Lord, that's the way it ought to be, and I pray that we would be mindful of that. God, I pray that you'd help me in these next few moments to preach your word in a way that would be a help to your people. Lord, that it would encourage us and that it would be what we need, uh, not just for tonight, but for the days to come. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week, you may remember, we watched as Nehemiah made his way back to Jerusalem from Shushan, the palace where he lived. He went back to Jerusalem with the authority of the king, with the letters of the king, and once he arrived in Jerusalem with those that he had traveled with, the captains of the armies and the horsemen, we read there in verse number 9 last week. <coughs> Excuse me. Once he arrived, he uh, spent his evenings going out and surveying the condition of the city. He found it, to be as, it found it to be exactly as it had been reported to him. The gates had been burned. The walls had been torn down. The city was in a state of disarray and in need of repair. And so on the third day, after he had taken in all the sights and felt, I guess, that it was appropriate, he spoke to his fellow countrymen and said how he wanted to rebuild the walls and he wanted to rebuild the gates. And it was met with much excitement by those there from the city who would have loved to have seen their city be restored. We also know that there were many others who uh, met that news with a sense of, I think ambivalence is the right word, not a lot of concern, not a lot of emotion one way or the other. But then we read of Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, and their response was negative. It was critical. It was not of a, a good spirit. And so I talked about how all three of these responses were the choice of the people who heard the noise. And so I tried to convey last week that our attitude is always our choice. How we choose to respond to a situation, it is always our choice. We can either be positive, we can be neutral, or we can choose to be negative. And unfortunately, many times we do choose to be negative over situations that really don't concern us, that really don't involve us. And we don't want to get to a place in our lives where we are constantly negative and critical by nature because that does not speak well of us whatsoever. So at the very least, we ought to be neutral, and where we can, we ought to strive to be positive and encouraging those who would like to accomplish something. All right? So that in mind, tonight's message, it's going to overlap with last week's message. I understand that, and I honestly didn't want the messages to overlap, but I felt like they needed to. So I also would say this just by way of introduction, and then we'll get into this. I personally have no use for self-help motivational speakers known as preachers. You understand that? A Bible preacher very seldom gets to be a self-help motivational preacher. Because that's really not the role of a preacher to be a self-help motivational kind of an individual. Uh, but sometimes the Word of God is a help and it is a motivation, is it not? All right, so tonight, I don't want you to leave here thinking, good night, who's he been watching on TV? Hey, it's just where we're at in Scripture, okay? And, and if we leave here helped in a practical way, and if we leave here maybe somewhat motivated in a practical way, there's nothing wrong with it, right? Right, okay. So tonight we're going to start out with that in mind, knowing that we're going someplace positive, we're going someplace encouraging. Tonight I want us to think about something that I've brought to our attention before. I'm aware of this, but I want us to think about this, that sometimes... It is true of all of us that there are certain limitations 
when it comes to our lives, right? It would be true of anyone, right? There are certain limitations based or, or, or uh, let me think the right would have said, every person, no matter who they are, no matter where they live, no matter where they come from, every person has limitations. Nobody can achieve everything that may be a goal or a desire of theirs, right? Okay, so everyone has limitations. So that being said, I want us to think about this, and again, we know this to be true, but unfortunately in our culture there are what I would call tonight mean people. There are mean people, right? They're just not nice, they're just not kind, they're just not polite, they're not thoughtful, whatever you'd like to call them, yourself, I'm just going to refer to them tonight as mean people. And so you may have noticed this, you may have witnessed this at some point in your life, but sometimes people have very high ambitions or they have very lofty ambitions, and truth be told, they are impossible ambitions. They're just not going to happen. And it seems like there is a mean person just waiting to pounce on that person who expresses their impossible desires, right? They're just there ready to squelch whatever excitement or hopes that they might have. They want to be there to say almost immediately, you can't do that. That's not possible. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. Have you ever noticed that there are people like that? Some of us have known those people, have we not? Unfortunately, some of us have been those people. Have we not? We have. All right. So that being said, I want us to divert from that just a little bit and consider this. Sometimes a person has a desire to accomplish something great or big or significant in their lives. And while it is big or great, however they may view it, however another person may view it, it is not impossible. Just make sense? If they give themselves to it, if they put forth the energy, if they apply themselves, though it may be a challenge in many, many regards, it is something that can be done. So you understand what I'm talking about? Some people want to achieve the impossible and it's just never going to be done because of human limitations. And there is somebody there to remind them, hey, listen, it's not going to get done. You're not going to be able to do it. It's just impossible. And then other people, they want to achieve things. They want to accomplish things. They have dreams. They have ambitions. And they are lofty dreams and ambitions, but they are possible. So that being said, I want us to think about something else. How many of us know this, that in this world and in this culture that we're a part of, there are some mean people? You say, didn't we just cover this? Yes, but see, some of you were sleeping, so I'm going over it again, all right? There are some mean people in this culture that we're a part of, right? They're, they're rude, they're unthoughtful, they're hateful, they're unkind. Again, whatever you'd like to call them, that's fine. I'm just going to call them mean people. And so have you ever noticed that sometimes when people have big dreams, they have lofty uh, hopes and desires and big aspirations for their lives, 
Somebody comes along and they serve really only one purpose in their life, and that is to try to discourage them from achieving what it is they hope they'll accomplish. You ever notice that? Ah, you're not going to be able to do that. Ah, you can't do that. Oh, if you're going to do that, you know what it's going to cost? You know what it's going to require? Do you know this, 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 and this? Have you ever known people who just come around, it seems, for the sole purpose of trying to discourage other people? It's unfortunate, but it's true, right? We've all known that person, and as I said a moment ago, sometimes we've been that person. So if a person has big dreams, if a person has big ambitions and, and, and high hopes for their life, and some jerk comes along and just tries to discourage them, well, what will that person do? Well, they'll do one of two things, most likely. They'll either fold and give up, or they'll ignore what the naysayer has said and press on toward the goal they're hoping to accomplish, right? It's fairly simple. Those are really the only options available to them. Now, why mention that? Well, let's remember the context. Let's remember what's going on, and let's give attention to this. Nehemiah has made his way back to Jerusalem, right? And he has made his way back to Jerusalem for the purpose of rebuilding the walls and rebuilding the gates of the city. That was a big dream. That was a high hope. That was a lofty aspiration for his life, was it not? This was something that was a monumental task for his life and for the people for this reason. It was always a big deal, but think about doing something like that in their day with their technology or the lack thereof. I know they were smart, I know they were strong, I know they were innovative for their days, but can you imagine trying to undertake that kind of a project without lumber yards to run to, without shipments to be brought from, you know, you picking up the phone and calling somebody and saying, hey, I need this tomorrow and it being there. Can you imagine not having all the tools and the equipment that we enjoy today than in trying to engage in something like that? That was a massive task that Nehemiah was about to embark on, right? So it was big, it was impressive, it was lofty, it was significant, it was all these words that I might try to use tonight. And yet here is what we know, is that it was possible. It was possible to be done, was it not? Well, of course it was possible. How do we know? Because it had been done in the past. The only way that walls could be torn down and gates could be burned is if the walls had been built and the gates had been hung at some point in the past. Okay, so what Nehemiah was setting out to do and what Nehemiah was hoping to do, what Nehemiah was presenting to the people, it was big and it was lofty and it was, it was something that would have been significant in his life and in the lives of others. It was big, but it was possible it was something that could be done. So while it was all these things, though difficult it may have been, who was Sanballat? He was the mean guy. Right? He was the meanie. He was the jerk. He was the rude one. He was the hateful one. He was the discouraging one. He was the one who, in verse number 19, we looked at last week, it said that when they heard it, 
They laughed us to scorn and despised us. What did that mean? It meant this. They made fun of us. They ridiculed the idea. They showed us no respect. They basically said we're ridiculous. And past that, he said, what is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? So not only did they laugh to scorn them, they despised them. And then, as I said last week, they leveled false accusations against them that somehow Nehemiah was trying to rebel against the authority of the king. That was not at all what Nehemiah was trying to do. He was there with the authority of the king. And yet when Nehemiah made his dreams known and when Nehemiah made his desires known, Sanballat, Geshem, and Tobiah showed up and said, can't do it. It's not going to happen. Right? No way. This is ridiculous. And so at this point, what is Nehemiah forced to do? Well, he is forced to respond in one fashion or another, is he not? To the negative individual in his life. So in verse number 20, where we're going to spend our time for the next few moments, is Nehemiah's response to the negativity of Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. And I want to point this out real quick before we get to verse number 20. You remember Hezekiah, don't you? Whenever he decided to start doing right, it was then that the enemy attacked It was whenever Hezekiah got serious about serving the Lord and leading the people of Israel to serve the Lord in 2 Chronicles from our Wednesday night study. That is when the Assyrian army began to attack. Do you remember that? Let's act like we do at least, okay? I want us to see the pattern here. It's when Nehemiah expresses his desire to do something that God has laid on his heart that that is when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem raised their ugly heads, so to speak, and they began trying to discourage the work of the Lord on behalf of Nehemiah and everyone who would be interested. I want us to see the pattern. I want us to see the principle that we see over and over in Scripture that when somebody decides to do something for God, someone is going to stand up in opposition and try to resist it. So here is Nehemiah's response in verse number 20. He said, Then answered I them. Then answered I them. Now I know that I can't say this for certain. I know that you cannot say tonight for certain the manner in which Nehemiah handled this situation. I don't know the tone that he used. I don't know the spirit that he used. But it seems to me that it is fair to say that regardless of how he expressed himself, he expressed himself with a measure of great seriousness and sternness about himself, almost like he wants to let them know, uh, you're not going to intimidate me. Because he says, Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Now again, I don't know if he stuck his finger in their faces and said, I want you to hear something and I want you to hear this well. The God of heaven is going to prosper us. I don't know if he was much more relaxed and he just kind of blew him off and just said, hey, listen, guys, you say what you want, but the God of heaven is going to prosper. I don't know how he handled it, but I believe this, that whenever Nehemiah got done speaking, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem knew what Nehemiah thought. Just what I think, okay? So here's what he said based on his response. He said, I want you to know, guys, the God of heaven, he will prosper us 
God is going to God is going to bless us in this endeavor. So here is Nehemiah, and how is he going to respond to the negativity? How is he going to respond to the words that would serve as a source of discouragement? He says to them, "Listen, here is what I know, and I know this without a doubt that the God of heaven He will prosper us." And then he goes on to say this: as a result of his being convinced that God would prosper them, or bless them, or help them succeed in this manner. He said, therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. You realize, don't you, they don't have one bit of material ordered yet for this project. They have letters of authority to get the wood to them, but we're only three days into this project. They don't have the property, or they don't have the materials there. They've not organized anything. They, they don't have anything set yet all Nehemiah knows is this is what he wants to do, this is what God has laid on his heart, and this is what he hopes to accomplish in the very near future. And the men come out and they say, hey, listen, it can't be done. We're laughing at you. This is ridiculous. And they showed him no respect. And Nehemiah said, listen, here's what I think about your negativity and your criticisms. I want you to know that the God of heaven, he is going to bless, he is going to prosper. And I want you to know that because of this, his servants, we are going to rise rise up and we're going to build. You know, kind of like stick it in your ear, guys. We're rising up. And we're going to build. Now, this word rise up, it not only means to, to get up and to get started, but I find this interesting. It also means this, to be established or to be fixed. It means to endure something. So it's almost like Nehemiah had an awareness and he had an understanding that not only would they face the opposition now, that they would continue to face opposition throughout the process. That this would not be the last time they dealt with negativity. This would not be the last time that somebody came out against them and tried to discourage them. It's almost as though Nehemiah had an awareness that throughout this entire project, throughout this entire process, there will be moments and there will be times when the enemy comes out to discourage us. And so Nehemiah just lets it be said right up front, the God of heaven is going to prosper us. The God of heaven is going to bless us. And just so you know, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, we're going to rise up. We're going to be established. We're going to be firm. We're going to endure. You're not going to get rid of us. You're not going to discourage us. You're not going to defeat us. You're not going to make us go home. We are going to rise up and build. And then past that, he said this, But ye have no portion nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Well, what does that mean? Well, some commentators are silent on that statement. They don't even deal with it. They don't even touch it. And others have varying opinions. But what it seems to be, what it seems to mean is this, from what I can tell, that Nehemiah is basically saying, men, when this is all said and done, you get no glory from what was accomplished. 
You don't get to associate with the ones who actually accomplished something. You don't get any kind of a portion in, in what happened here. You don't have any rights as it's associated to what took place here. And listen, you'll never be remembered or memorialized for what you contributed in a positive way to this project. So Nehemiah understands what he was about to engage in. It was a big project. It was a lofty project. But he knew it was a possible project. And here comes the men with their negativity just trying to discourage them. And Nehemiah's response was either to fold or to press forward. And Nehemiah said, I will press forward. Men, I am convinced that God is going to bless, that he will prosper us. As a result of that, we're going to rise up and we're going to dig in and we're going to be established in this and we're going to build. And when it's all said and done, you don't get to receive any credit or any of the glory and you don't get to associate with our successes at all. Really, you will be forever remembered as the ones who tried to stop this and slow it all down. So you have to appreciate and you have to respect, do you not, the response of Nehemiah? Because as soon as the negativity came, he came back with a determination that this is what God has placed on my heart This is what God has led me to do, and I am going to do it. Now, as you think about that, it's a very simple principle that I want us to to think about tonight, and I just want us to, to cover for a few moments. But I want us to think tonight about this question. How many of us have ever had dreams that, looking back on it, we realize now just how impossible and ridiculous those dreams were? Come on. Nod your head at least. You ever had some impossible dreams? I mean, I remember in high school I was going to play for the University of Indiana under Bobby Knight. He was one of the few coaches even in their day that that still had a lot of white guys on the team. So I thought, there's my chance. You understand what I'm saying? I I thought, hey, I'm I'm big and, and, and he seems to be attracted to guys like me that are slow and fairly unathletic. So I'm going to go play for him one day. And you know what that was? That was an impossible dream. So, Brother Kyle, it wasn't impossible. If you had just put your mind to it, you could have done it. No, I couldn't have, okay? I, I really, I couldn't have. That was an impossible dream. We've all had impossible dreams, right? We've all had dreams that we are thankful that we've never told anyone about those dreams, right? <laughs> Susie shared one of her dreams with me the other day. And the look I'm getting lets me know I need to keep it between us. It just, it was something that wasn't going to happen. Not then, not now, not ever. Okay. Why do I say that? I say that because we've all had dreams get crushed that needed to be crushed, right? We've all got those moments that we look back and we say, okay, I don't know where that thought came from. I don't know what made me think that was a possibility. I don't know what made me think that somehow that would happen. That was ridiculous. The dream was crushed, and it needed to be crushed. It needed to die. But every one of us have had other dreams 
that were maybe high in their hopes or lofty in their expectations. But if we were honest, we'd have to say they were big dreams, were they not? We ever had big dreams? You say, no, I don't dream about nothing. We've all had dreams, right? Okay, we've all had dreams of wanting to accomplish things, of wanting to do things, and, and, and I'll separate that from a minute, for a minute from, from actually dealing with the Lord's will. But I want us to think about this. We've all had dreams of things we wanted to accomplish that if we would just sit back and be honest, we'd have to say it wasn't impossible. Yes, it was a big dream, but it wasn't impossible. But how many of us... We can think of that one person right now who was immediately there to serve as our sand ballot in our lives. You say, I have no idea what you're talking about. How many of us have ever had a dream and you expressed your dream and there was someone there to let you know right up front you would probably never accomplish what you hoped to accomplish. You ever had somebody like that? Okay. promise we're getting someplace encouraging with this, but I just want to share something with you because I think some of you might be able to identify with this. As I was preparing this message and I was thinking about my sand ballot, You know what I was able to do? I was able to identify someone immediately. Someone who over the years, who has jabbed me, who has made little remarks, who has made comments, and who has just repeatedly over the years just kind of tried to quote unquote keep me in my place. Okay, Now, maybe you've never had somebody like that in your life, but I'm just saying I have had somebody like that in my life. So in those moments, you know what I've had to do? I've had to decide how I was going to respond. If they make this statement, how am I going to respond? If they say this, how am I going to react? If this is how they choose to act, how am I going to choose to act? And let me just share with you, that there have been far too many occasions in my life where I let the negativity of someone else have far too much control over my life. So they were negative, so as a result, I got negative. As a result of them trying to beat up my dreams or trying to be critical of what it was I wanted to accomplish, I I let them dictate, yeah, that probably won't happen. And yeah, they're probably right. And and what am I doing wrong? And and I'm probably not going to succeed. And, And I've let people have far too much control in my thought process at times. Maybe you can't identify with that, but some of you can, I'm sure, that there have been people who came to you in the midst of your dreams, in the midst of your, just your hopes and what you wanted to accomplish, and they were there to shoot you down. And rather than you standing up with a sense of boldness and speaking to them, you let them discourage you and take away from what you hope to accomplish. I don't know if I can speak from your experience or from just my experience, 
But I look back over that and I think, how disappointing that I would let someone else have that much influence over what I decided to do. That I would let them discourage me. That I would let them frustrate me. That I would let them defeat myself before I even got started on the dreams that I said I wanted to accomplish. It's disappointing, and as much as I'd like to go back and change it, I cannot change it. But where I'm at now, and hopefully where you're at now, here's what I've still got. I've still got some dreams. I said, that's what I've got, and I hope you've still got. You have some dreams? Do you have some desires? Do you have some ambitions? Do you have some things that you think, I'd like to accomplish this before I check out? I have some dreams, and I have some things that that I want to accomplish, and, and, and it may be big in the eyes of some. It may be ridiculous in the eyes of some, but there are still some things that I want to accomplish. And I need to be reminded that not everyone is going to be encouraging of what it is I say I want to accomplish. I've got to remind myself of that so that when the negativity starts coming my way, I can respond properly, not necessarily to the person or to the people, but that I can respond properly to the negativity so that I can accomplish what I believe the Lord has laid on my heart, whatever that may be. Does this this make sense? See, here's what I need to remember, and I think some of you need to remember, if you would be honest, that if God has given you a dream, and I want to emphasize this, if it is God who has given you this dream, then when the negativity comes up and when somebody tells you it can't be done, when someone tells you you're not qualified, whatever it may be, when the negativity comes up from the enemy and it begins to mess with your mind, here is a proper response to the negative people in our lives, and that is this. First of all, if you know that God has led you to this dream and to this desire, then you've got to remind yourself that the God of heaven, he will prosper you. He's going to bless you in this endeavor. Now, I know I touched on this a couple of weeks ago. If God's not in it, we can't take confidence that God is going to bless But I want us to be reminded of this. If God has led, if God is the one who has given the direction, then when the people with negativity come our way, if we need to say it to them or not, I don't know. But at least to ourselves, here is what we've got to remind ourselves of, that God in heaven is going to prosper what he has called us to do if we don't let the negativity of others defeat us before we get started. Sometimes we've got to remind ourselves that God is bigger than their criticisms. God is more capable than what other people are saying cannot be done. I need to remind myself, and some of you may need to remind yourself, that God will bless and God will prosper where God leads in spite of the opposition. And then we need to learn to respond in this manner. Because of this, I am going to arise and build. What does that mean? It means this. God's going to bless, so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get busy doing what he's called me to do. 
I'm not going to let your negativity distract me. I'm not going to let your words discourage me. I'm not going to let you have that much control over my life anymore. I'm not going to let you influence my thinking. I'm not going to let you be what's in my mind whenever I start doing what it is I believe God has called me to do. We need to get to the point, at least I need to get to the point, where I am confident if God has led me here that God is going to bless me there. And as a result of that, I need to be willing to just dig in and start the work knowing that not only has this negativity come toward me, there will be more in the future that I need to go ahead and get ready for and just determine I am going to stick with it and accomplish what it is I believe that God has laid on my heart to accomplish. It's possible. It is possible that there are some here this evening that if you'd be honest, you'd have to say this, you have let the discouraging words of other people keep you from doing what you know God has been wanting you to do. There might be some ministry, there might be some project, there might be something that you would like to engage in, something that you would like to venture out into, and you believe that God has been leading, you believe that God has been nudging you to do that. But somebody has come along and they've reminded you of all the things that would stand in your way, and they've reminded you of everything that would keep you from succeeding at whatever it is you say you want to do, and you have let their negativity keep you from accomplishing what God has laid on your heart. I just want to remind us tonight, if that is you, if that is something you are struggling with, it is now that you need to say, listen, no more. No more do I let you, the enemy, keep me from doing what God has led me to do. God will bless. God will prosper. And as a result of that, I'm going to arise, I'm going to dig in, I'm going to get established, and I'm going to build, and we're going to see this thing through to fruition. And when it's all said and done, it'll be you that gets no glory. It'll be you that gets no joy. It'll be you that gets no, no pride in saying that you were right. Listen, it's going to get done by the grace of God because I'm not going to listen to all the negativity in my life. So again, does it sound like a self-help motivational sermon? Well, yeah, probably to an extent. But is that okay? Well, yeah, because Nehemiah seems to be like a pretty good motivational speaker. Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, I'm not worried about you. You've come to me with your comments, and if you come back later, that's fine. I just want you to know uh, God's going to bless. We're going to be here building. Pretty soon you'll start seeing the shipments come in. just want you to know that it's happening. And as the shipments come in and as the things start arriving, we're going to start organizing. We're going to start getting this all together. Hey, we're going to get it done. Nehemiah seems to be a pretty decent motivational speaker, at least in this portion of Scripture. So I think we'd be foolish to not get something from it if possible. So tonight, I'm just going to say it one more time and then we'll be done. Tonight, if you know without a doubt that God has placed in your heart a, a desire and a burden... Don't let anyone discourage you from accomplishing it. But you better make sure that it's God who's done the leading and not the flesh and a carnal desire. But if you know without a doubt that God has done the leading, then know that God will bless, and all you've got to do is dig in 
ignore all the mean people who would try to discourage you. Rise up and build and do what God is calling you to do. If you do that, then one day you'll look back and say, I'm so glad I didn't listen to the critics, to the negative influences and voices in my life. But if we let them have that much control, one day we'll look back and say, man, I wish I had of. I don't want that. I hope you don't want that. All right? All right, let's all stand tonight and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this evening. I pray that you'd help us to be men and women who are those who seek your will, who know your will, who know your will without a doubt in our lives. God, Nehemiah was not uncertain as to what you were calling him to do, and so, Lord, I believe that there's a need for us to be certain. But past that, I pray that when the negativity comes, you would help us to be men and women who don't let them discourage us, who don't let them distract us or take us away from what that goal is. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to to rise up and to build and to know that you will bless. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.